Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I can just get lost. Awesome job, worship crew. Man, what a sweet presence in the place. We might not get too far. We might just have to go back into worship and just take communion and just bask in his presence and just, you know, just slobber all over ourselves, crying, joyful, everything else. Just, whew, praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Zachariah, I'm doing it. Zachariah, we're coming, we're jumping in today and, and as we do, just jumping off of last week's, keeping the fire burning. And today we're going to talk about sanctifying ourselves, being vessels of honor, and we're going to start in Zechariah chapter 13. <clears throat> we're going to read verses 7 through 9. Powerful passage. Verse 7 Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones, and it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die. But one-third shall be left in it. I will bring the one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God. Let's say that today together in the count of three. The Lord is my God. One, two, three. He says, my people will say, the Lord is my God. There's something you can pray in your devotional time. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for this passage, your word. God, let your word just come and convict us, encourage us, strengthen us, Lord. Let your word just light our path May we follow the guidance of your word and your Holy Spirit all the days of our life, God. And God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to quickly give a a shout out to, I need to remember, to our Shanghai campus. They're now, we've evolved there. So now our Shanghai campus is, is watching these recordings the following week. And so I need to remember just a shout out to them each week and bless you guys. And y'all don't want me sitting at my desk anymore, recording it in front of my desk. Okay. I understand. I understand. Um, so anyway, our dear, our dear friends in church in Shanghai that we preach to and meet with and visit every week. All right. From there, let's go ahead and jump in and here in, in Zechariah, you know, that passage right there in that popular scripture with Strike the shepherd, 
and the sheep will be scattered. We know that in reference to Christ's death and the scattering of the sheep. It's enlightening to know that God calls his people the sheep of his pasture. Now, I know it's a little weird, but you can look to one another and, Matt, no, don't do that. That'd be really weird. Don't, don't do that. But, but nonetheless, Ezekiel 34, 31 says, and you are my sheep. In the ESV, it even goes a step further because we need help understanding. It says human sheep, <laughs> just in case you weren't quite getting understanding. The ESV makes sure to help us understand a little bit better. But it says human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord. So we are a human flock of God's people. We're a flock of God's people. Now, we know that with flocks and when sheep, you know, they travel in these flocks or herds or whatever we like to refer to them as. And when one singles themselves out and or is rebellious or and or goes and gets themselves lost, that's where we know the parable that teaches that, that the good shepherd, he leaves the 99, he goes after the one. I mean, Christ, thank goodness is the chief shepherd who sets the greatest example for our lives. And, and better than any pastor or any leader or elder or anybody else, our family members, thank God that Christ comes out and seeks out the one when we stray away. Amen. He's so faithful to do that. And I want to encourage you, you know, some of us even maybe in the, the room today, you might view yourself or you might be one of those ones. And Jesus is out seeking you out and leaving the 99 to come out and to pull you back into the flock. It's not natural. It's not the way that it's supposed to be for for one that's part of the flock to stray out on our own as the sheep of his pasture, as him being the chief shepherd. He comes, he brings us, he rallies us, he connects us into his body in his flock. Now, in this passage also in Zechariah, we begin to see some pretty heavy teachings, two-thirds cut off but today we want to really zero into this one-third and jumping off of our message from last week it says in verse 9 in Zechariah verse chapter 13 it says I will bring the one-third through the fire look to the person next to you and say you want to be part of that one-third we, some of us might think, but fire? Fire? Wait up, Pastor. Do I want to be part of that one-third? Well, you'd have to go back and listen to last week's. We're not going to be able to go over the whole thing, but I'll just sum it up by saying we opened, the opening line from last week's message was, fire is inevitable. Fire is inevitable in all of our lives. Good fire, which is what we're going to be talking about today, 
or that other fire, which we dare not say out loud. We do believe in a heaven, and we do believe in a hell. We do believe in eternal life, and we do believe in eternal damnation. And we have to acknowledge that. And, but today, we're going to be talking about becoming vessels of honor by way of fire. Vessels of honor by way of fire. Fire comes into our life, as it says again, this one-third shall be brought through the fire. And as we looked at last week, fire burns away all the ramble. Fire burns away all the chaff. Fire burns away everything that should not be in our life when we subject ourselves to that continual burning in our life. And man, I just might, I feel like just preaching last week's message again. I know a lot of us weren't in there. I'll just sum up another thing from last week that we said that God is an all consuming fire. And that fire in Proverbs, it says that fire is never quenched, fire always wants more. So if God's an all consuming fire and fire always wants more, well, that means that Jesus always wants more of you. So when you say, how much more of God do I need or want in my life? The answer is more. Because fire is never quenched. Y'all are good students. Good job. So the refining fire. Think about all the analogies in the word of God. Just, just a few of them for the purpose of right now. There's the refining fire. There's, there's obviously we're the sheep of his pasture. We think of sheep, we think of the shepherd's shears. We're the grapes of his garden. We think of vines and gardens. And there's the, the pruning scissors. All of these analogies, all of these samples are for the purpose of sanctifying, refining the people of God so that we will be vessels of honor. Doesn't matter what kind of vessel you have been out there in your life for, for whether 10 years or do the math all the way up to however old we are today, God has called us to be vessels of honor. He's called us to be a radiant church. He's called us not to be a dimly shining wick, though we also said last week that the Lord never snuffs out a dimly lit candle. But he calls us to be a brightly shining and burning forth church, shining forth the glory of God. That's his desire for each of our lives. And without holiness, without Jesus coming into our life and washing us clean and making us the righteousness of God, and then we, his people, beginning to walk out this righteousness of God, this holiness that the Lord has called us to, without us beginning to put forth the, the effort and the energy and, and, yes, the time without making salvation into a system of works, but knowing that there requires effort. Is that easy? I mean, can we take that? It requires effort. 
Leviticus 21.8, Chronicles 15.12, Hebrews 12.14, starting with Leviticus 21.8, it says, Therefore you shall consecrate him, for he offers the bread of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord, who sanctify you, am holy. First Chronicles 15, 12, it says, sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I prepared for. Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness. Everybody say, and holiness. Without which no one will see the Lord. Holiness is to be pursued. Stay with me here. Don't think I'm flapping my way up into the clouds, into areas that, you know, only the special few can soar, right? No. Holiness first comes from our relationship with Christ. It's not, a, it's not a level that we're trying to climb the ladder and reach ourselves. It comes because Jesus comes and sanctifies us and makes us holy. So holiness, and, and you know, again, if you've been in, if you've been in church for, for any amount of time in your life, then you'll also think of, oh, holy rollers, and there's all these other terms about holiness, and we get a little nervous sometimes. Oh, I'm not. We think about ourselves. I ain't holy. <laughs> Does anybody think that about themselves? Pastor, I ain't nothing holy about me. How can I ever be holy? I mean, you're talking about like, you know, becoming a priest, right? You're talking about like becoming a monk or something and living in some mountains of like Tibet or something. No, no, no. We're not talking about either. We're talking about you as a man and woman of God being made holy by Jesus, being covered in the blood of Jesus, being empowered by the Holy Spirit in your life, that you can actually walk out a holy life before God. Holy lives are not perfect lives. Holy lives are humble lives, though. Holy lives are people who make a whole lot of mistakes. Did y'all catch that? Holy lives, whole lot, never mind. Moving right along. But we're humble. We keep coming before the Lord because Jesus consecrates us. He separates us. Consecrate is just the simple word that means he separates us. He separates us for his purpose. He separates us for his glory. He separates us. And after that initial separation, you see, once we were strangers, been in all these concepts that I'm even just briefly sharing right now, they were strange concepts, maybe not so long ago for some of us. The idea of being strangers to the, the promises of God, that these things can actually happen in our lives. Ephesians chapter 2 11 and 12, maybe 13 says, Therefore, remember at one time 
you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, was, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. So, so follow this. Consecrated is being separated to Christ. Prior to Jesus coming into our life and that initial holiness, which we'll talk about in a moment, we were separated from Christ. There was no union. There was no awareness. There was no light. We'd get up and there was, there was very little, if any, hope. You didn't know. I remember at being such a young age, in, at maybe, you know, whatever age it was. I know my mom was still bathing me, so I must have been pretty young. Because I remember my mom being right there. And I remember being in the bathtub, throwing a complete tent- temper tantrum. Because when I closed my eyes and I thought about the place called eternity, all I saw was darkness. All I saw was just black at a very young age. Without hope, separated from Christ. It goes on to say alienated from Israel and strangers. Listen to this phrase. Strangers to the covenants of promise. In other words, you were walking through life without having any promises that you could hold on to. You didn't have any promise for your your family. You didn't have any promise for your children. You didn't have any promise that this life was going to turn out okay. As a matter of fact, you were pretty pretty convinced that it was going to turn out poorly for some of us because we were strangers to promise, having no hope. And without God in the world. But verse 13, beautiful verse where it says, but now. Everybody say, but now. But now now for all of us who have opened our heart and welcomed Jesus into our life. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, you've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. You have access To a living God. Not any living God. Not the thousands of made up gods out there. You have access to the one and only living God. Jesus Christ. Yes, we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's been revealed to us through the Son, Jesus Christ. You have access being brought near. Being made holy by the blood, being set apart. You see, sanctification, sanctification, that big, scary-sounding word sometimes, sanctification is, is it's, a, it's both something that happens immediately when we come to Christ, and it's something that is happening in our life while we're waiting for the return of Christ and or for our final breath upon this earth. You see, sanctification is is the idea of when we're sanctified, we're being separated to God. There's an imputation into our life. It's an attributing that comes from Christ. In other words, we're taking something. When we say attributed, we're taking something that belonged to somebody else who has made it available for us. Jesus is holy. Look to the person next to you. I'm going to give you this one opportunity. 
Look to the person next to you and say, you ain't holy by yourself. (laughs) All right, husbands, wives, I gave you that opportunity. Parents with your kids. We can go one more. Say, you far from holy. (laughs) Come on. Just have fun with it. By ourselves? By ourselves? Man, you so far from holy. Man, you ugly. You, I'm ugly. We were in Parent Connect yesterday, our family connect yesterday, and I was sharing the story. You know, my wife and I were going back and forth, and I shared one of my revelations in the past 30 days. It was just like, man, you just not a nice person. Me, not her. <laughs> By myself. This constant revelation, you know, these blind spots that just kind of get revealed. But Jesus comes into our life and he attributes to us something that is his. But he lets us share in it. You cannot be holy on your own. You cannot live holy on your own. You cannot be a vessel of honor on your own. But because Jesus, in the sanctification of his word and through his blood, he comes and attributes, he imputes it to us. And imputes only the word before attributes. Imputing is attributing something that belongs or ascribing something that belongs to another. And so this sanctification process begins in our life. From the moment we open up our mouth, open up our heart and profess Christ, we know that the sanctification process on one hand is completely finished. What do I mean by that? Because you're like, Pastor, on the day that I believed in Jesus, I was still a mess. I remember the day that I believed in. Y'all know my testimony. I got saved in jail, and 40 days later, I was sitting in Teen Challenge, a Christian rehab, and I was just cursing my head off. So excited about what Jesus was doing in my life. (laughs) I was, I was, I was, I mean, you'd have to beep the whole conversation, half the conversation out. And the guy looks at me, he says, he's scratching his head because he can see that I'm excited about, uh, I prayed and a pastor visited me in jail and I genuinely got saved when I looked up to heaven and just said, thank you, God. And he looks at me, he says, you know, you're going to have to change the way you talk. I said, what are you talking about? Beep, 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 beep. (laughs) Nonetheless, when Jesus came into my life in that jail cell, though my outside life was not yet sanctified, internally, positionally, I could have died right there and went to heaven. And only those who are holy can go to heaven. And we're not talking about perfection of lifestyle. We're talking about being washed in the blood of Jesus inside. But nonetheless, we begin to walk out this life. And when that guy told me I had to start changing the way that I talk, well, okay, it made sense. He showed me a few scriptures and okay, I got to start, I got to start changing the way that I talk and the way that I act. And my sanctification journey began. 
Understand the difference between what happens inside, internally, and positionally. Positionally, we become children of God. Just as if one of your children, when when you give birth to a child, and that child becomes an heir of all your millions. Come on, just take it by faith. Amen. Becomes heir to your kingdom. Becomes heir to your throne. Positionally, they become heir to the can of peanut butter in the pantry. <laughs> whatever, whatever it might be, positionally, they become heir. So is it when we call upon the name of Jesus. Christ washes us. In Ephesians, this, this popular verse, we read it on Wednesday, and it's one that's oftentimes used for, for weddings and marriage counseling, but... but in Ephesians 5, 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, you're supposed to say amen. <laughs> Our wives, wives, somebody say amen. We get all quiet like, am I supposed to do something right now? Work an elbow, say amen, do something. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. But listen to this, listen to verse 26. Listen to verse 26. It says, that he might sanctify her, cleansing her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, or other translation says in radiance, a radiant church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. This is the plan of Jesus for your life. Holy, without blemish. Immediately, things become new. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you don't know this scripture yet, learn it today and write it down someplace where you won't forget it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. All things are new. Happens newness inside and over time externally. Our lifestyle, our life, even our demeanor. And you look at me when I got saved in jail, you wouldn't recognize it, him to be the same person because he's not the same person as the Lord has grown me to be today. Externally, in our lifestyle, we'll begin to catch up with what happened positionally and internally. Are you following me? We're talking about sanctification. We're talking about being vessels of honor. We're trying to remove, the, remove all the woo sort of around it and let you see that this is, this is something that you've not only as men and women of God attained, but it's something that you're called to pursue. Being continually refined, being continually cleansed. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself 
from what is dishonorable. Now think about that for a moment. Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.21. If anyone cleanses himself. Now we have to put this into a theological context. Because you cannot cleanse yourself to receive eternal life. We've already said that. You're ugly. Like, ah, ugly. Me too. But yet 2 Timothy 2.21 is saying if you cleanse yourself. So this is obviously referring to the sanctification process beyond salvation. But it now is addressing all the different areas of our life. Cleanse yourself from that which is dishonorable. Jesus starts to change us. He starts to give us new desires. He begins to refine certain things from our life that that simply don't glorify Him. And really, if we were talking honestly, which we like to do around here, isn't helping your life at all. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I'm not going to stay there too long. You'll get the twitching too much in your chair, some of us. If he cleanses himself, listen to what it says next. He will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy. Useful to the master of the house. Ready for every good work. Now, we're going we're gonna to go there just for a moment, so hold on. You can be saved and sanctified in the sense that you have received eternal life. But still, not of a whole lot of use until you start sanctifying your life. You say, Pastor, what do you... Be clear. I'm trying to be clear. You can go to heaven. You can receive eternal life. You can, you can start believing for the, for the plans and purposes of God for your life. But, but this scripture talking about cleansing himself, obviously not referring to salvation because we can't do that, says that if we cleanse ourselves from dishonorable things, that this person is then useful to the master of the house and ready for every good work. You see, the sanctification process begins at salvation, but, but just because Jesus accepted you that way that you came to him, he doesn't want to leave you that same person you were when you came to him. More than one person get excited about that, please. I'm working hard up here. Can't you see the sweat flowing from my face? What am I saying? The goal for our lives as men and women of God are to be useful vessels of honor. Useful vessels of honor. Getting freed from all those vices in our life. Getting freed from those areas that we, that we, we cherish and we hold secret and dare not talk about out loud. 
getting free and, and receiving forgiveness first from our Savior and then coming under accountability with, with one another so that we can walk in the honorable position that Christ has saved us to. What an honor to be saved. I mean, think about it. I mean, I know we're, we're Americans. I mean, Americans deserve to be saved. About three or four people caught that. Meaning, what I mean by my hint of sarcasm, is that we've, we've had Christianity in our nation for, for a long time, from the founding. And so something that is so precious has sometimes been become a bit neglected taken for granted, not cherished as it should be. What an honor to be able to call ourselves Christians. It's an honor. I'm so thankful that Jesus came into my life and and not looking for him, certainly not deserving him, but nonetheless, he came in and he, he flipped it all inside out. And I've tried, I've, I've tried and I continue to try. I'm, I'm however many years into it, but some days I feel like I'm just getting going. Because it doesn't matter what, what the last 20, 30 years, it doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter how I failed. I've got to continue to, to walk this thing out for the rest of my days upon this earth. Gotta, I've got to walk it out. I've got to cherish it. And when we have this sort of mentality, this sort of attitude, we can begin to honor this precious thing that the Lord has given us. Salvation. We're holy, but he's called us to a life. We're made holy, but he's called us to a life of being holy. With this newfound life, freedom, position in Christ, we begin to take action. We begin to make changes in our life. We clean out the old. We welcome the new. We're not just Christians verbally. We're Christians set apart for the glory of God with our lives and our lifestyles. We're, we're cautious from allowing the little things to to creep in and distract. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, it says, your glorying is not good. Speaking to the church. Speaking to a very spiritual church. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. Speak into the church and, and hear the whole heartbeat of this passage. He's saying, church, you're unleavened. You're the people of God. You're saved. Filled with the Holy Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, you are truly unleavened. But beware that a little leaven likes to try to creep in. 
And then when we get the little leaven that comes in, it, it, just, it just has this tendency to just spread throughout the whole thing. In a church, in a personal life, in leadership, in companies. Yeah, you say, oh, pastor, you're, now, you're, you're digging now. Yes, we're digging. We're, we're, we got the pickaxe. We've got the shovel. We've got the sledgehammer when we need it. We're digging. We're pushing. We're breaking up the fallow ground because it's the little things that distract. It's the little things that distract. A man doesn't walk out his house one day and fall into adultery. I mean, how exactly does that happen? You open up the door, you trip. A woman, same thing. You, oh, I fell, and you opened up the, you know, you got out the car, you hit a, you hit a, a, a stump or something, you trip, and then you were in adultery. No, no, it's the little things, it's the little flirtings, it's the little conversations, it's the little, oh, you know, just little screen time here, little picture there. It's the little things. It creeps in. We don't fall into anything. As a matter of fact, it, 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 takes, it takes time for sin in the temptation of it to, in the life of a believer with the Holy Ghost and salvation. That's who we're talking to today. We're not talking about those in the world. I'm talking about you and me. It takes a while for those, those little things for the creeper to creep. But the good news is that with those little things easier than the bigger things, they very quickly can get nipped in the bud. We all have to address them. We all have to, we all have to like, the temptations come into all of us the same. And, and some of us are taking captive of them in the name of Jesus and by the word of God and moving on. And others of us are just like flirting with them because maybe we, we like that little feeling for a moment. And yes, you're in the body of flesh. Thanks be to God that one day this body will also be burnt up and changed glorified body lord lord it wouldn't be eternity and it wouldn't be heaven if i had to deal with the same temptations that i have to deal with today for all of eternity oh god don't save me to that he changes it but it starts now the little things yeah we're digging i know i know we're whoo we're digging I heard somebody, I heard a thing, Natalie over here, is the, catching us the little foxes. It's those little foxes in Song of Songs. The little foxes spoil the vine. For our vine, listen to this. <laughs> our vine has tender grapes. Don't overestimate the durability of your grapes. In other words, don't take it for granted. Oh, my fruit can last anything. Oh, I don't get tempted by that anymore. Whenever I hear a guy say that, I'm telling you, I want to slap him. I mean, I should, and maybe when I'm a little older, maybe when I get to 50, maybe if my beard gets a little bit grayer and a little longer. But one of these days, I'm going to start. Every time a guy tells me that, oh, when I, I don't get tempted by that anymore, whack! 
I love you, but I just had to do that. So just know if you're thinking that or you tell me that, I slapped you in my mind. And I can't speak like that to the ladies, but it's similar in some of the things that y'all say. I love y'all. I'm not going to be slapping any ladies. I'll let Christina slap me. And she would say, as she said multiple times yesterday, she said, I, I, I just, I don't do that. I don't talk like that. I said, oh, it's not a matter of what you think you're saying. It's a matter of how I'm hearing it. <laughs> Let's finish this up. We could go for a while. I'm, 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 I'm in it. I'm digging now. I got my pickaxe and my, everything in my hand. But I want to finish with this one thought, and then we're going we're gonna to jump to communion. Catching the small things. Small meaning young, seemingly insignificant, even it seems unimportant. These things, whether they are at the beginning, have the potential of becoming sinful in our lives. We deal with these things. We take them captive. We humble ourselves. We get ourselves accountable. We confess. We learn how to walk in Christian community. And this is nothing that's just, it's not, it's not just comes by nature it's something that we work at first john chapter 2 verse 16 it says for all that is in the world the desires of the flesh the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father but is of the world we all have wrong desires we all have pride that we're working through the only question is not if but the question is how much the eye gate, the ear gate, the nose gate, the mouth gate, all these different areas that, that allow intake into our lives and into our ultimately our heart. We have to protect these areas of our life. We have, to, we have to purge them. We have to protect them because when we let our gates be violated, when our gates are violated, and I'm not talking about trying to be some you know, super spiritual individual. I'm, I'm only talking about for your benefit. Only for your benefit. You can believe in Jesus, go to heaven today. But for your benefit, we're called to holiness. We protect these gates that enter, allow things to enter into our life because when our gates are violated, when they're violated often enough, we lose the power in our lives to resist. It's a slow desensitizing that takes place doesn't happen all on day one it's a slow desensitizing to next thing you know something that was something that was we thought was horrible and we would never do again by allowing this desensitization to take place in our lives next thing we know we're allowing our gates to be violated we need to protect our gates and lastly and gentlemen we can prepare the, the communion elements, please, and just bring them here to the front. Second Peter 3.11. Since all these things, listen to this. Actually, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the communion elements. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, gentlemen. Listen to this verse. As I hold the cup and the bread in my hand, 2 Peter 3.11, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved. Did y'all hear that? All these things. It's, it leaves nothing out. Since all these things are going to be dissolved, what sort of people should you be in your lives of holiness and godliness? I want to tell you today as we're going to partake of the Lord's table together, whoever would like to, that the Lord has called us to live holy, godly lives. He's given you, if you're thinking in your head, I, I don't know if I can do it, Pastor. I don't know if I can really do what you're saying. It seems kind of, you know, high-level stuff. Can't we just kind of, no, 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 no. Day at a time. Day at a time. Day at a time, you implement the Word of God in your life. Day at a time, you trust in the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Day at a time, you get forgiveness when you need to repent and when you need to confess something. Day at a time, when the Lord reveals something new to you, you tackle that next. Day at a time. You don't need to be where I am. It's not your goal to try to be where I am, try to be where Alice is or Gary is. No, 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 no. Stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing yourself. It's your goal in your walk with Jesus to be a holy, godly individual. It starts where you are, and sure enough, he's going to complete the work that he's begun in your life. He's not going to fail you. Listen to me. He's not going to fail you. Give yourself wholly to him. And he's not going to fail you. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. And we can take our time. We're in no hurry. If you need to leave, we understand. But take your time. Starting with the front, go ahead and come. Get the communion elements one row at a time. And then when everybody has them, We'll partake of them together. Worship team, if you could please come back up. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord Jesus, in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.